Hello and welcome to the Fellowship Phase, an Adventures in Middle-Earth podcast. I'm Josh and that's Callum. We're going to give you inside information on how to find your own path through Tolkien's world. Stonyford is the southernmost settlement of the Bjornings beyond the old forest road. Here a stone tower once stood and a ford to cross the river. Of the tower, only a small pile of stones remains, and the village lies between the Woodman settlements of Woodacell, Woodman Town and Roscobel to the east, and Mountain Hall to the west. Here, Hartwolf is the fane named by Bjorn to lead the people of Stonyford as our adventurers arrive. Hello, Callum. Hello, Josh. Welcome back. How are you? I'm f- looking forward to this. Looking forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> it was a stretch. I liked it. I liked the commitment. It got a stony reception. It did get... Is this the, the tone that the episode's going to have? Just puns? Start yeah, that's fresh. what I do. I'm excited to talk about this because we're going to talk about one of my favorite parts of our entire adventure over the last couple of years, which is the village of Stonyford. And we've mentioned it a few times on the pod already, and I'm glad that we get to actually like get into it and explain to people what it was, what it is, I hope it's still standing, and how much we love it. Yes. I'm also intrigued because I'm just going to keep steamrolling over you here i'm also intrigued because i'm very excited to talk about this because so much of this obviously has happened for us as players i have so many questions for you as the lore master about like how you prepped it and the direction that things went because it's been such an integral part of the game so i'm going to ask lots of questions okay great well i'll maybe start things off by telling you a bit about sony ford so stony ford is a village and as we heard in the little narrative introduction there it lies in the south, southern part of the Bjornings land. Now, Tolkien very loosely sketched out what was going on in the Anduin Vale in his writings. He makes mention of the Bjornings and that after Bjorn fought to the Battle of the Five Armies, that he became more of a leader. And later on, the Bjornings are mentioned in the context of the Lord of the Rings because they talk about Grim Bjorn, the old, being the leader yeah. of the Bjornings. That's about it. We know they're around, we know there's a people. And from those, that skeleton of, uh, of an outline, the creators of the game have sketched a little bit more. So they've popped some small settlements, some characters around the lands. The main focus point is Bjorn's Hall. And mm-hmm. Stonyford is one of the, I guess it's, it's still a small settlement, but in our game at least, it's been one of the major Bjorning places. And you can imagine that this is a settlement that's been there for some time and they've become Bjornings, they're following Bjorn, their tribe. So maybe as with that sort of societal setup, you know, their, their allegiances may switch to different people or different groups. But there's something unique about Bjornings in this game. You know, they've got a, a culture and they've got a culture of virtues and they, they are unique in that they're maybe a bit larger and stronger and they have that link to, to animals. So in the book, Stonyford is mentioned in the Wilderland Adventures. Uh, there's, a, there's a brief paragraph in the Ravanian Region Guide, and then it goes on to be the center point of one of the adventures in, in Wilderland Adventures. There's a, a sort of 
murder mystery um, that's set there. Um, and that introduces all the characters and has some good uh, starting points for our uh, lore master to, to go and have a look at Sony Ford and Flesh. Now, that's not what we did with it, but it was quite useful to, to have that as a starting yeah. point to have, you know, these are the names of the people who live there. Here's their relationships with each other. And, and here's some of the things that might develop from that. And where it is geographically, it's sort of down the Anduin uh, River from Bjorn's Hall and the Carrick, which are named places just north of the Gladden Fields, which is on the west coast. And south of the the old forest road, yeah. In the book, it mentions that the fort there is no longer functioning, but we had it that the fort is there. Um, it's just not always accessible, which I think it makes it much more important and interesting as a place. And the game designers have written, again, there's not much written about the the woodmen other than talking to mention it. there are the woodmen and uh they're they're around so we've got several free settlements to the east and one to the west that are the woodmen places and th- and this is geographically situated right between them which is i think really interesting as a as a cultural exchange point between bjornings and woodmen and uh, a trade route potentially as well i think mentioning that thing about the ford no longer being functional in the the written module even though we have it that it is i think that was a good decision on your part because it does make the village a really important location because you can cross the river which is not possible in many places so for us as players it was quite a transit point we visited a lot of places it kind of put it right in the middle of the region for us and it meant that it was important strategically and I think it let us tell a lot of stories around it. So it, although it was a small place, it wasn't just some backwater that, you know, nothing happened. Like lots of people passed through. We passed through a lot. There were a lot of kind of competing interests. It was a more f- a forward water. Yes, it was very much a forward water. Ford yeah. were, is this how we're going to go? You're just going to see how you can get to the, the genesis of the word Ford. I just keep thinking of Fjord in the, in the critical role. Is he there? Is he like an unlockable character in He's under the Stony water? Ford? We could get to Stony Fjord. The watcher in the watcher is Zukatoa. <laughs> we should talk about this another time. I feel there's a crossover to be had. So how did we first come across Stony Ford? I suppose it's a good narrative start. You knew that it existed as a settlement and as a player, or sorry, as a character, my my character Theodric an older Bjorning would obviously have been aware of it because yeah. it's one of the few Bjorning settlements. Yeah, I think it was just you'd been at Mountain Hall, which is the west. You'd you'd come through the Elf Path, which we talked about already, one of the starter adventures. And yep. then the second adventure you did was you went into the Gladden Fields and had a look around there for someone, which we'll talk about in a future episode. And then you were at Mountain Hall to talk to people there about what had been going on, because I think there'd been someone from Mountain Hall, remembering now, someone from Mountain Hall had been in Gladden Fields. Yes. You wanted to speak to them. That was it. Or no, and you'd we come were... from the Gladden Fields into Mountain Hall, is it? That's it. So it was on your way back. Yeah. You'd gone that we, route. Yeah. We were crossing from the west to the east of the Anduin. Yeah. And you wanted to go from Mountain Hall to Roscoe Bell, and the most direct route for that on the map was via this place, Sunnyford. Mm-hmm. We could have spent several days going further up to the old ford and then several days coming back. But Theodric knew of this other smaller crossing, which was why we decided to to go that way. And that was our kind of player introduction to the village. What's your memory of introducing it? Because I, I guess I could say what I planned, but... I, I have quite strong memories of it, which I look back on 
in a quite mixed way because it became such a like a really like quite emotive place for us as a party we spent a lot of sessions there we're very invested in it which we're going to keep talking about I as Theodric didn't have the best start with Stony Fork I think I had suggested we take that route because I you know I knew the area best from my backstory and I was I said you know this is a place we can cross the river now we arrived and one of the few ways the Bjornings as a people make money is they charge tolls to cross the river. Now that happens at the old fort. There are mechanics for how that works. You can actually take a fellowship phase to spend time being the basically the toll keeper. You can collect a small amount of money and information. The Bjornings at Stonyford were doing the same thing. Now although it was very convenient for us, it's actually slightly more out of the way. The the high pass, which goes over the Misty Mountains and then leads to the Dwarf Road through Mirkwood, is further north, which is why the, the old ford has maintained this reputation as being the crossing point. Fewer people come to Stony Ford. We expected we might have to pay some kind of toll. Um, and we also expected to you know them to be friendly people because they're Bjornings and I, I was a Bjorning. Car, who the other character with us was a Bjorning. We arrived and there was a sort of strange sense about it. They they wanted to charge us to cross, and I got the impression they were overcharging us. I think we'd done a series of roles. I felt as a player it was maybe a bit much, and I asked you, you know, does Theodric get a sense that this is they may be being ripped off here? He was quite suspicious, and you know, he's an older man quite worldly he's seen things he wasn't going to put up with any crap like if he felt they were getting ripped off particularly by their own their own people and uh, i think i rolled an insight check and it was like yeah there's something something's off here something's not quite right which i hot-headed theodric jumped to conclusions that they were trying to rip us off yeah and i just wasn't happy. it's one of those and things I, where it's like as an insight role, I, I, I'm a big fan of not ever just directly saying, you're definitely sure of this. And instead saying like, well, you can see that they're uncomfortable, you know, they're, they're clearly hiding something, yeah. you know, that, you know, you get a sense and you can draw your own conclusions from that. But that is the information you pick up, like what is actually physically possible to pick up from an interaction, like what, yeah. what are you getting? Because you, just like in real life, you can never, you can get a vibe of, of some situation, but you can never be entirely certain of what's going on in someone else's mind. Yeah, yeah. insight check's not a lie detector. I can't just find yeah. out the facts based on the single role. Theodric being quite a sort of haughty character, travelled a lot. He was just putting it with no nonsense. Uh, he was also acting as a kind of the leader at this point, uh, getting us across. So I think felt a certain responsibility for not letting also his companions getting ripped off. And he decided to be very angry. He was very charismatic character, charisma-based. Um, he made quite a strong intimidation check to basically bulldoze our way through uh, intimidation check. And it didn't go particularly well. And there was quite a lot of bad blood uh which at the time didn't seem that important like it felt like oh that could have gone nicer <laughs> but it didn't matter that much we ended up not staying in stony ford because there was this tension and we camped i think a little further down the road uh, and some of the other characters felt quite bad about what happened and i must say as a player i felt a i don't think Theodric felt bad because you know he he just felt that that was the way to go i felt a bit bad about being rude uh, they kind of snuck back and discovered that there was something else going on in Stony Ford, but that we weren't getting ripped off. Yes, I love I was... love that whole interaction because I knew exactly what was going on, and I was I was actually quite surprised 
when you took that angle on it because i think it was quite a lot of money at that point it was like something like three silver pieces and your immediate thing was like that's a lot of money and i was like i hadn't even thought that that was a lot of money <laughs> i just been like this is the amount of money. I think I based it off what the old Ford was and it was yeah. the same, which is, I guess, quite expensive. Um, and I think I even said that it did feel quite expensive. Um, and the, what's going on in the background there. So in, I'm not sure this is in the module or not, but um, essentially there's a, there's a thing of Sony Ford, which is a guy called Hartwolf. Uh, and we were running at the, he was, he was ill in bed. And so his daughter was sort of taking charge and there was a little bit of discomfort in the village because they felt they felt weak and your party was quite, you know, large and well armed and, and uh, threatening. And they felt, you know, they didn't have the authority yeah. there. They didn't have the authority figure. They were all coming into this role newly. So they were uncomfortable with it. Um, and particularly some of the, they, one of the, you know, I guess Carhu mainly is a very intimidating presence with like, I think at this point maybe had a giant wolf's head over his yes, head and a, a big a axe. Pelt. Yeah. So, you know, pretty terrifying, uh, to look at. So, you know, the discomfort and that, what you were picking up with your insight check was like, you know, we're stressed, someone's ill, we don't have our leader. We, we, we don't feel not comfortable in the situation. We feel threatened. And that led to a really interesting social encounter i think it was re it was really interesting and in hindsight like Phaedric is a healer that was his his expertise but both sides were were being quite standoffish and if they hadn't been there was quite an easy solution which was he was a very experienced healer and would happily have helped Hartwolf there and then but i think from a role play point of view it made perfect sense that they were suspicious of us and we were a bit suspicious of them and things went downhill in the end, we did return to the village, uh, kind of not not begrudgingly, but there, were, there was tension. It wasn't a happy return, and we did provide some some medical aid to to Hartwolf for Thane, but which then, as a player, I felt even more guilty because I, I was quite conflicted about how I'd approached it. I felt I'd done the right thing in character, even though as a player, I wished that I had just been nice and helped them. But that kind of set our boundaries with Stonyford, which is we'd had this kind of unfortunate arrival the first time we saw it. We had quite a tense dynamic with the people who lived there. And although we did help Hartwolf, we left with a bit of bad blood between mm. particularly Theodric and the people, but the party and, and the village as a whole. And then yeah. we, we continued off to, to another to finish our adventure and we didn't return to Stony Forum for a little while after that. The next step really was when, well, as as Bjorn uh, kind of gave us the news of, of Hartwolf's death. Yeah, that was, I think, a fellowship phase later. So a couple of months, maybe you'd been around in the area and you were at Bjorn's Hall. You met some new characters. That's when you met Malbeth and Eisenbard and you were about to go off to the city and he mentioned that Hartwolf had died and then that he was going to appoint a new thane of Sunnyford. Now this idea just sort of came to me. I'm not sure if it was in the moment, but it wasn't something I was planning when you came to Stonyford. Oh really? But after you'd been to Stonyford and what happened, I love when things don't go quite right and there's there's a tension or that you know you know, there's a that makes it much more interesting being like, oh, we like everybody and everybody likes us and you know, it's just brilliant, great time. I find it much more interesting when there's a little bit of on you know tension yeah. politics or something and so i was like well Fedric's a senior bjorning and bjorn knows him and trusts him and he's a leader 
is a fane offering opening he's just done this like mission for bjorn and helped him out right thedric's gonna be the thane of stonyford <laughs> i said that i think what was your reaction do you remember how you felt about that i felt very conflicted as a player and as a character which i thought was great for the game because i was really excited uh, as a player because i was like great this is you know like a title's being bestowed on my character which it felt he'd really earned um he was deserving of it and it meant um, you know a degree of status and bjorn who's one of my favorite characters in the books so i really enjoyed interacting with him you know he is the one who's died. so i really as a player enjoyed it but i felt like it was kind of bittersweet because the person I was inheriting it from, I had not helped as much as I could have and had 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 an awkward interaction with. And I think Theodric felt the same. He felt a bit more, probably not as excited. He felt quite solemn and felt this was, you know, a duty that he would do for Bjorn and he would want to do well and he'd be proud of it. And I think even in the moment he said that, he would become his priority. You know, he would he would stop traveling. He would go to Stony Ford and do what he yeah. he needed to. And he knew that there would be a lot of social interaction needed to even get his relationship up to just like a basic level. Like he was not liked there, um, and he needed to do a lot of work to to win these people around. Like the Bjornings are proud people. They respect strength, and they you know they live out in the wilderness and they need protection. They don't necessarily have time for kind of social niceties and i think theodric knew that he would need to very quickly win them round somehow we we talked when you were making theodric that you were you you liked the idea of playing an older character who could come in because you were the only person who was playing the game who'd ever done any role-playing games before mm -hmm. and so we talked about like how do we kind of build that into the game that you are the more experienced player, so you're likely to be helping with helping me because I'd never run a game before with mm -hmm. the rules and helping other players get used to it and maybe taking the lead a lot in the role playing and sort of setting the tone. And so that's, I guess, we talked about that in Thedric, like, you know, you have this older character that can lead things. And I think from the beginning, we both knew that he was going to retire. Yeah. Um, and so this, when this came up as an opportunity, it was like, oh, this character's ill. Oh, he's he's going to die. Oh, the need to fit. Oh, this is perfect. Um, <laughs> building the story together and um i think there are rules in the lore master's guide about um bestowing titles yeah and you know you can get different each culture has a different title you can get and it has certain benefits sometimes you get you know other rewards with it but i feel like sometimes it's a bit lacking in in like oh you've got a title you know what does it actually mean? Like, yeah. does it have any consequences? Yeah, you, you get mechanical benefits. Um, and there's also rules for holdings, which we'll come on to in a moment, but we'll talk about what we did first. So you went off to the city of the head, which we've talked about, and you came back. And I think the next thing you did is you went to Stony Ford. Yes, it was very much wanted to then establish himself as the Thane, make amends, but knew that that was complicated he needed to show strength while making amends if he was to win the respect of these people like he'd he'd met them they were complex characters you'd done a good job of establishing what seemed to be some kind of inner politics of a, a small village but there were obviously already tensions there returned and with the party which created even more tension because it felt like there was these almost these two sides to this argument that there were the people who lived in Stony Fort and had for some of them their entire lives 
And then there was Theodric, who, although he was well respected by Bjorn, he was still an outsider to the village. And then he had come with, you know, a group of people, many of whom were not Bjornings at all. There was this tension between the two parties about what would happen. And as Theodric, I really wanted to kind of, I wanted to win them round and prove myself to be worthy of it. And I had then in my mind that was going to be steadily retiring Theodric as a character. And this seemed a perfect opportunity. He would establish himself as a thane, hopefully, and he would he would choose not to continue adventuring because you know, he'd, he'd stay there and prioritise it, which felt like a good way of saying goodbye to a character with a very satisfying mm. end. And uh, I remember after a bit of initial politicking, there was a character there called Rafik who had designs, I think, on being the next Thane, certainly did not respect Theodric. Being an outsider, uh, Rathic had been there for a while and felt that perhaps he was the strongest person in the village and, you know, he'd, he'd made sacrifices and it was his by right. And he challenged Theodric in the hall there. Um, and there was quite a big sort of role-playing encounter with all the party kind of led by Thedric. There was a lot of rolling. Other people were chipping with insight. I think Carhu made an intimidation check. There was a lot of tension and it felt, I loved it because it really felt like, you know, if this doesn't go well, I may end up being, uh, you know, kind of exiled from the village that I'm supposed to be a thane of. And I would have felt like the ultimate goal had really failed. It seemed that we'd won around some of the people there, but there were complex politics. And Rathig actually challenged uh, Theodric to single combat, which presented, a, I loved, like, it was such a great moment. And I was so conflicted as a player <laughs> because part of me thought this would be great fun. Because I think Rathig had said that they would maybe fight on the stepping stones in the river. Like, it felt like it was going to be this really cinematic 1v1 combat. As a player, I thought that, and I thought this would be great. You know, whether he wins or loses, this will, this will be great a great moment. I thought, I just don't think Theodric as a character would do this. Like, he's not a warrior. His whole character is that he's traveled the world and he's met people and he's used his words and his personality and been diplomatic. I just couldn't see that at this crucial moment, he would throw that out the window, an old man, and pick up a stick to fight this bigger, younger Bjorning in the river. So instead, he he made a speech and said that ultimately we needed to look to strength and Bjorn was the strength in the lands and that it would be for Bjorn to decide. And Rathik and Theodric then travelled north together. It's uh, under some duress. Under some duress to Bjorn <laughs> to have this kind of have it out almost with Bjorn. Um, and I still sometimes think back and think having the combat would have been fun, like, I think it would have been an exciting moment. It just, it didn't make sense for, for me as a, yeah. I think as a character that he would have done it. Um, particularly because I knew that was why Rathic was doing it. He was challenging him to something that he was strong at. That he felt Theodric was weak at. I loved your response to that because it was not what I, I expected. I didn't know, no idea what was going to happen. And that whole storyline came out. So in the pre-written stuff, like there are, there's a character called Rathic. He's murdered. Uh, that's not a spoiler. Um, he's murdered. <laughs> So he's like the plot, he's the victim in the murder mystery. So it's like, he never turns up. Oh, interesting. 
So I completely changed who the characters were and what their motivations were. So I don't think it's spoilers. Because um, he's been a huge character in our game. Yes. Um, well, that, that's we... why I set up. And I, I kind of thought when you were there, I was like, so what's happened so far? So there's tension. People are going to be distrustful. You know, someone else probably was going for it. Well, it's this guy. And then as you were there, the first couple of weeks you were there, people were talking about like getting enough food to feed everybody, like how, you know, all these new yeah. people that are going to winter here, how are we going to manage that? A lot about like the different roles in the village. And you all came in, I think, with a lot of like lofty ideas. Yes. About like, you know, particularly uh, Torvald's uh, character had loads of like really interesting ideas about how to improve the village. And everyone else there was like, hold on a second, like we need to eat. Like, you yeah, know, the, you have to help get basis. food. Yeah. And that was part of the tension in the village was, you know, these people are coming in, they're trying to change our village, not sticking up our traditions. You know, they're not the strongest person. Like who, who's put this guy in charge? Um, and that encounter where it was like essentially a debate for the, yeah. for the village's hearts and minds. Like, and it was it's sort of like a skills challenge that he ran. I actually felt like that was one of the times I ran a character and I felt like I got really into their head. Yeah. And I felt like that encounter went so well because it was quite easy to think like, well, it's all about strength and like, you know, like these ideals, which I obviously don't agree with, but I thought it was like potentially something that that would be felt in this context. Yeah. I actually had a lot of stuff to throw at you guys, which I, you know, I thought it was fun that you were doing as a player, but it was quite rightly, I mean, like, why are you concentrating on this like vanity project yeah when we're struggling to like survive here um and you had lots of arguments coming back at that so i really love that and it, i think what that did was it built no matter what happened there because i kind of thought if you went to the combat it would be difficult i wasn't gonna make it impossible but it would be difficult you'd be at disadvantages and um if you had lost you probably it probably would have been to the death or you might have fallen in the river you know like who knows what would have happened yeah and then that would have been Thedric gone which i don't think would have been the greatest way for you to lose your character but no. i think it would be a really great way to build a villain do you care yes. this guy i was like here's a villain like i've got into his head and he's still a villain now what like 80 sessions later or something. yeah crazy he's, he's around been, he's been a really meaningful character i think what he did really well was settlements can be really complicated like we've we've both run multiple different games yeah. settlements can be really challenging because there are loads of npcs all together and just flitting between npcs can be hard often hello, have... Callum. hello Callum. <laughs> exactly often as a dm if you're in a settlement you end up playing multiple npcs in the same scene which is really awkward you've also got all these different motivations all at once and you have to kind of roughly keep track of like who would be doing what and you know what's all happening at the same time which is it's good fun and if it's done well but it's a challenge i think what you did really well was creating the central tension in the village and keeping it quite simple there was a group of people here who were on tough times we were the party coming in were new there was a tension between those two groups and everything that we did, you kind of kept us focused that there was that tension. Like you say, we're wanting to, will we will we upgrade the village? Will we build a bridge? Will we resurrect the, the watchtower? And there was the constant, well, we need to feed each other. You've brought extra mouths in, winter's coming. And then that came to a head at the in the hall with that debate, Phaedric and Rathic almost being that central tension kind of embodied and the other players getting involved. I think was a really good way to run a settlement, which felt like a very real place, even though really it wasn't that 
complicated. There was really just two competing ideas, which you used yeah. multiple characters to show. And I think the way it resolved was good because if we'd fought, if Theodric had died, yes, it would have set up a villain for the long term. If Rathic had died, though, it would have kind of quite neatly tied that up. And I don't think we would have that would have been the most satisfying. Whereas mm. instead, we went to see Bjorn and he was very clear that he did not respect his decision being challenged by Rafik and that he'd chosen Theodric for good reason and that Theodric was you know, his representative and he was going to lead. Rafik effectively became exiled. So he was still a character out there in the world. He was a loose end. And then at uh, Stonyford, we discovered more and more about who he was. He had a wife in the village, Brunhild, and we discovered that he had been quite a terrible husband. He'd been abusive and there'd been this tension in the village which had been hidden. Um, and so we, you know, we kind of opened up with her as a character and she became an important part of the village. And he was, we realized there was more to him than we'd first known. And he was out in the wilderness somewhere and he had a grudge against Theodric and he had a grudge against mm. the, the party. And I loved that. I loved that because it felt like we had a victory as a group. We won the debate and we won Bjorn's trust. But the consequence was that there was this loose yeah. end, and I loved it. Matt Collar talks about that in one of his videos. He talks about failure has consequences, but success has consequences as well. And yes. I think that was the example there. Like, you, you won out. And, yeah, I think that's, I guess, the the, the, the politics. The, the other characters are there. I kind of tried to tie in everything. And I think what you guys do really well, and maybe this comes back to just that how we have run the game quite differently to what it's designed. A game is designed to be, you do an adventure phase and then you have a fellowship phase. And the adventure phases are very tight, as in like, here's a story, you're gonna do the story and then you're gonna finish it and you're gonna have to do your fellowship phases. There's not really any role play in between. Yes. Whereas we do it a bit more like a standard, like open world D&D game, I think, sandbox. So the role playing from an adventure phase quite often like you don't, I don't, I don't think everyone's so invested in the characters in the world that you wouldn't be satisfied if I just said you're gonna have a fellowship phase in Stonyford, or even if you do say I'm going to take this fellowship phase, and then we we sort of role play what that would mean, yeah. like little segments of it. So in this one, it was like you know the food, like oh, Rune met off hunting and got some food, and Torvald did some research and spoke to people and tried to to get it because um, there's 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 other people around as well, so. Uh, Hartwolf was the thane who died. Ava's daughter, who's like been lumped with that responsibility, and I think it's a bit relieved that Theodric's taken it off her. Yeah, Rafik, we've talked about. Brunhild becomes more of a, a a part of the village after that. There's Wilfreda, who's this like powerful warrior woman who was like having slight romance intrigue with Carhu, which doesn't come which to which I loved yeah. because they were they were both not great at articulating their feelings. And as a player watching, it was so funny them trying to like navigate the start of a romantic relationship. Yeah, I actually enjoyed uh, having those interactions with Scott. It was quite funny. Um, we obviously didn't go too far into it. And then there's also Helmgut, who is the, the alcoholic of the village, who um, over many social interactions with Theodric, eventually you essentially helped through the things that were troubling him in the... Yeah. I think I think what is, is mentioned in the book, but basically he, he'd lost... I don't think this is in the book, but I, I, he'd lost a son or he, you know, he'd had some grieve, grief earlier on in his life that he'd never really worked through and then he'd end up becoming alcoholic and... Um, you really, everybody, every character in the village has been affected hugely by Theodric and the party. 
Yeah. And that's the people. But then there's also a lot of stuff about the the place and the structures and the holding rules. So maybe we could talk about briefly what the holding rules are in the game and in what we did. Yes, absolutely. Because this was a part of the game which it's kind of like in video game terms, a sort of mini game that everyone really loves. <laughs> that it's a kind of this additional set of rules, which I think you did, and then we picked up the mantle of blended it into the role play quite well. So that it didn't feel that much like a mini game. It felt like a kind of core part of what we were doing. But you created a map of the village. Yeah, on Incarnate, which is a map thing you can make like zoomed in settlements. So I put like a couple of houses, it had a little tagline of like Stony Ford, Thane, Bjorn, uh, Bjorn, Thedric, year 29, whatever it was, 46 or something at this point. And what we really liked was that there was kind of blank space on that map. And there was this kind of implication that we could, if we spent more time there, develop the village in some way, that there was, you know, there was change was possible. The characters were changing. Um, the personnel there, Rathic left, Brunhild kind of came out of her her shell once her, her controlling husband had left. Helmgut and Theodric bonded. We had these other characters. Some people were passing through as well. And the, the actual physicality of the village was changing. And some of those ideas we had, we got to, to kind of put into action yeah. to sort of almost make a home of our own. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, what did you do? You built our, because the hall where you received them had initially just been someone's house. Yeah. So it you was, built a hall in the style of Bjorn's Hall, not as grand, but a hall with an upstairs and it was defensible which will come on later and had a fire pit in the middle and, um, and then i think later on you ended up building a watchtower on the other side of the river that was much later on and you built someone built that we in... added we added um so isambard the the hobbit who'd only recently joined us at this point was really interested in brewing uh, as a hobbit from from the shy was interested in beer and set up like a little brewery almost like as a lean-to outside and that led to one of the other characters who joined us later uh was effectively a chef uh a cook so and they combined to make basically an inn like we the kind of it became more of a crossroads and we thought it would make sense if there was somewhere that people who were you know traveling would be able to stop and stay and they'd have Stony Forge special brew, and there'd be food. As Theodric, because he was very much driven by um, being a healer, and that was partly why he travelled, was he offered his aid out in the world. That's kind of what his purpose had been for a very long time. He felt he was staying, but he could still have a meaningful effect if it became a place, almost like a sanctuary that people could come to heal. Mm. And I took it that he would have, he wasn't like a bookie person, but he was quite worldly. He probably would have had some ideas about Rivendell or maybe he'd heard of this idea of like the last homely house where people maybe spent time to rest and recuperate. And I think he had an idea that Stonyford could be like that, that people from the Vale could travel to Stonyford and could rest and take the waters and he would be able to apply herbs. So Resort what spa. he wanted. Exactly. It was basically just a resort spa and the the <laughs> the inn would have a jacuzzi, we'd have apres ski, uh, but he, that's what he really wanted. And so his goal was to build basically a house of healing was his idea yeah. and everyone else is kind of pitching in the stuff. It's amazing how invested everybody got into, into Stony Ford. I, I, I don't know like what you think, Josh, about how, how that came about. I think it was, it, I wonder if it was that you were building the story and you were so into the role play and interactions 
And maybe it was that you were just looking for something like this to 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 build on. And there is something so fun about, you know, like in is it like the Fallout games and stuff where like yeah. Skyrim has a little bit of it where you can like build up bases and have a, a place and maybe just recognizing that you guys wanted that and so gave yeah. you the mechanics to do it. I think that's exactly right. And I think we'd been playing long enough that the party had quite a sort of established dynamic. And we did kind of want to put down roots almost that we felt we'd these relationships had been cemented and we'd been on adventures and we wanted to kind of share the characters space together. And in a lot of video games, you can set up a base or, you know, you can get a house or something. And often it's kind of an afterthought, like you finish a mission and you get a house, but there's no mechanical mm. benefit from that. It's just a building you can go into and you can't really shape it very much. Whereas with, with Adventures Middle Earth and a role-playing game, it's like a really a blank canvas. Like really the village was open to us changing it as much as we wanted to in that you know as you felt was feasible as the lore master and that was exciting that actually you know what if we spent time here we could there's no reason we couldn't build a hall like if you know we collect enough wood and we roll some athletics checks and we you know someone has proficiency with carpentry tools then we can do that yeah you're heroes you're very capable people with lots of proficiencies and it was very satisfying that you had that map that you could, it was basically quite modular and you could add buildings onto it, which was lovely because then you'd post the map up again and it would be. Yeah. You guys had such smiles when that map came up and I'm like, I, I took off quite a lot of time. Again, it was you know, much else going on because it was lockdown. Um, building <laughs> that map and putting the buildings in like flowers, added some beehives. Um, it was re really fun. And I kind of in the back of my head had, this will be really useful if I ever need a battle map from here. <laughs> um so that's sort of why i put so much time into it but just coming back to the rules in the game so essentially the way it works and we started off with this and i think we've sort of moved away from it because it was just more fun to role play out and see what was possible of skill checks but essentially you can be given a holding it usually comes with a title like being the thing yeah. and the holdings have ratings from zero to six which is basically a modifier and a dice roll which i'll come on to and as the number goes up, the description goes up and it gets, becomes better and better. Um, and you can take, um, you can take a fellowship phase to tend to your holding and, uh, the ten tending the holding, um, essentially you, um, you can spend gold pieces equal to thrice the holdings improved rating. So if you're going from zero to plus one, it costs um free gold because it's three times one for example um and then what the rating is is that w when you do you have like upkeeps at the end of each fellowship phase or every year you have to do an upkeep check and the dc is their standard of living yeah you'd roll d20 add the hero's proficiency bonus and the holdings ratings um and then you essentially the results of that can make it go up so you either get some gold or it improves or maybe it gets worse so it's sort of abstracting out like you have responsibilities holding it punishes you if you don't go there for a long period of time and rewards you if you spend fellowship phases there improving it yes i think the rules are fine um, i think they, they work they make sense as a kind of mini game and a sort of bolt on and I think they would work fine if you didn't particularly care about that part of the game. So, you know, you've got yeah. a title which comes with a holding and actually maybe you want to go off fighting in a dungeon and you, you're not that fussed about upkeeping this, yeah. this village. So 
you have to spend some gold and send some gold back. But that's something that can be done within like five minutes, a quick gold yeah, it's, a bit, it's a bit tricky to get your head around. I've, I've maybe not explained it there. It's in the Merkwood campaign book, pages nine and 10. Um, yeah. It feels to me like a way of incentivizing the players to take holdings seriously as a thing. But because, I don't know how you feel, I felt we took it so seriously without needing the rules. Yeah. Like yeah. we went there and we wanted to build on it. Almost we didn't need the rules. Like Yeah, I was like, guys, come, the... come, play the, come play the campaign now. You know, <laughs> we were like, this is the game. <laughs> yeah, the Stony game. I think because we picked up on and kind of went with it. And that was going to be my question to kind of to wrap up the section was how much of Stonyford, which dominated a big section of our campaign, which actually in our most recent session, which was number 80 or 85 or something ridiculous like that, we've revisited many, many months later, which yeah. was exciting. How much of Stonyford or how much did you intend Stonyford to be central to the party or how much of it was that we picked it up as players and ran with it and you went with that? The latter. It was very much like, you know, here's this place. Oh, here's a title. You can go there. Oh, I've made a map. Oh, they love this. Let's do more of this. You know, it was just, you know, and the whole the whole game has been like that. You know, you, you just need to see what your players enjoy. Your players might not like having a little holding and spending lots of time there. And so don't do it. Um, you know... <laughs> You have to see what your table like. And, and I guess part of what your table likes will come down to what you like, because if you really enjoy something, I quite like making the map. So maybe that influenced you liking it because I was enjoying doing it. Yeah. I think there is a, a degree of feedback loop in any role-playing games that as the, the, the game master, law master, DM, whatever, is doing the bits they enjoy the most. Often that as the player, that's the bit that's most enjoyable because you can see they're enjoying yeah. it, they're passionate, yes. and then you kind of feed off each other, which is, I think, why different tables and groups could end up having very different experiences, even of the same material. Yes, so, so true. Some of, so much of what we've done is from material either from Tolkien or from the Adventures Middle-earth books. I think if we spoke to some of the people who listen to the podcast about how they engage that material, their tales would be completely different. Yeah, if you went to Stonyford and you had an interaction that I'd be really interested to hear what it is, I think most people would be like, we did the Wilderland Adventures campaign and we went to Stonyford and we interacted there because we were investigating this this murder. And maybe it would have become more a big deal. I think it was quite unusual. I was just thinking there when you were saying about what I enjoy and I was thinking how I really enjoy running Radagast as an NPC <laughs> and how you all really enjoy that or some of the more like wacky characters that are in this game or in D&D &D when I've played, we've played that. And uh, I think it just comes across that I really enjoy role-playing. You're, you're great at them. And Radagast is really, he feels so strange and esoteric and magical. It really works for that. Um, yeah. That's well, really interesting to know that Stony Ford was something that we kind of i was gonna say forced you into that sounds terrible that we kind of drove because we were so excited by it that that actually drove it being such an important thing yeah it's... and interestingly and we'll come on to this our actions then drove the plot around stony ford a lot for good yes. and ill <laughs> yes for good and ill well i think that's all we have to say about stony ford for now dot 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 to be continued
No emails except on party business. And comments, suggestions, and questions to the fellowship phase at gmail.com. The long year turns to its close. Much we have accomplished these last seasons. Our fellowship disbands, but is not broken, and we will return on the next episode of The Fellowship Phase. <laughs>